everybody to the Paul Hederman's Reflections on the 12 Steps. This is not an AA meeting. This is one member's take on the exact nature of the wrong as described on page 64 of the AA Big Book and the solutions of the 12 Steps. This meeting is being recorded and uh, it may or may not be streamed live on Facebook. This is not an all-share meeting. Rather, it's a question and answer for Paul's take on the 12 Steps. For detail on Paul's events, his story, under arrest, t-shirts, and past events, videos, please check out his website at zenbitchslap.com. There you'll find um, videos, t-shirts like this one, and a bunch of other things available for, for purchase. Um, and then you'll also find um, current events that are going on with his other non-duality stuff. These meetings take place every Tuesday and Thursday at the same time. All right, Paul, today we have a, we have a long reading for you, and it's going to start on page 28 of the doctor's opinion. So it's going to be Roman numeral 28. All right, so it's going to be the first full paragraph on Roman numeral 28. We believe, and so suggested a few years ago, that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy, that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found that they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. If any feel that a psychiatrist directing a hospital for alcoholics we appear somewhat sentimental, let them stand with us a while on the firing line. See the tragedies, the despairing wives, the little children. Let the solving of these problems become a part of their daily work and even their sleeping moments. At the, and the most cynical will not wonder what that we have accepted and encouraged this movement. We feel, after many years of experience, that we have found nothing which has contributed more to the rehabilitation of these men than the altruistic movement now growing up among them. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that, while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented, unless they can again experience the sense and ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks what they see, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful, with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless the person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. All right, Paul, that's our reading for today. I know there's a lot there, and uh, take it away. Hello, everybody. Paul, alcoholic. I missed the beginning. I couldn't find the uh, Roman numerals. They threw me. But... Uh, Basically, he's he's saying that we're fucked unless there's a, an awakening. 
a, a spiritual awakening and we can't seem to produce that awakening and therefore um, what we can't do something else can yeah so the whole program is really about allowing that something else to do it yeah so you know i have i've had uh people close to me who i've been talking to you know from my family and uh they decided to start drinking again and uh you know basically i said i don't know if i can talk with you every day because there's a huge elephant in the room you know untreated alcoholism and uh i feel like it would be i would be complicit in it if i'm not pointing out the elephant so to speak yes because of again because of my own experience and observing what happens to a real alcoholic with untreated alcoholism yeah it's basically the same old same old story just different geographical locations and nouns but the same same so uh, it's a trippy thing because the a life managed by self leads to a lot of frustration and irritability restlessness and discontent and from that point it makes sense to try to get the quickest relief possible and if it's sipping on something that has a intoxicant in it so be it yeah but what's the underlying condition that makes something that's so injurious to us but still attractive that's the bondage of self that's the underlying cause and condition that's that's brought us to this untenable situation now with untreated alcoholism and that's what needs to be addressed is the exact nature of the wrong and the underlying causes or conditions if not we're going to have to you know live near a firehouse because there's going to be a lot of fires yeah and so the point is is to have that underlying condition altered and we can't do that as the underlying condition i mean the uh, the the mental condition we can't do it so there's an admittance of a certain powerlessness which allows something to happen yeah and then not only allows something to happen that which happens is directed so the changes that occur are directed and that's growth and so we grow to the to the real conclusion which is awakening to that unsuspecting inner resource awakening to that spirit let's say yeah not that the spirit isn't awake but in awakening to that spirit and uh that's the purpose of the program and then from there we accept the agenda of step 12 which is we're going to practice these principles in all our affairs and until we're able to do that limit your affairs in a way and then help other people achieve sobriety to achieve this personality shift to achieve this or find themselves in that personality shift i don't see it as an achievement i see it as a new placement something places us there and that becomes sufficient because the underlying causes and conditions 
that led us to the drink aren't leading us to the drink. We have, we have new underlying causes and conditions that lead us to be helpful or to be of service. Yeah. <laughs> it's just basically we're going to be driven from one point or the other. And he makes it a very broad, I mean, they point with, they paint with a very broad brush, which is perhaps there's a better way. All right. What's that better way? Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. So I may not be doing the second part of that statement, trusting finite self, but they're very clear that that's the condition I'm in, that, that I have a huge amount of trusting finite self and the solution or the better way is trusting the infinite. And I can't seem to pull that off. So in, in admitting my powerlessness or the idea of a surrender or a recognition that I'm outmatched or however it can be described, we're in a position of being malleable to some new suggestions that lead us to a condition that doesn't pulsate with irritability, restlessness, and discontent, but more is a sense of peace and contentment, let's say. Yeah. So that doesn't drive you to the first drink. It doesn't. It may drive you to the park or to a vista or to the beach or somewhere, but it doesn't drive you to the first drink. It doesn't. I mean, you may live a life from this point on that alcohol and drugs really don't even exist, really, because you have no interest in it. Yeah. You're not trying to withhold it from others. You could care less. You're just not interested, completely squashed. That radioactive isotope has been removed. Now you have, you're being driven and uh, by something other than that, that would lead you to the drink. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then you can live again. Because that living, seeking to get relief from this fucking chronic condition, which is all mental in a way, is slavery. I mean, it it's, it's, entails a whole lot of work. And the payoff cost ratio keeps changing into a lot of cost and little payoff. It's a bad deal. You know? And uh, perhaps there is a better way. They could have dropped the perhaps off. There is a better way, which is trust in the infinite. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Find out. It's a feeling. It's a sense. It's uh, an overall atmosphere. Yeah. You can't say, well, give me a particular example. It's not really, you're not going to see the magical workings of it by looking at a particular example. It's a whole sense of traveling lighter, yeah, that actually injects itself to the situations you run into. Instead of those situations that you run into, being exasperated by the condition you're in, irritable, restless, and discontent, they can get neutralized or you can outshine them from a sense of satisfaction and contentment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then instead of constantly being in need of, of need of help, you can be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your role changes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be used either way. Something's going to drive you, as, as Kurt says, you know, we're driven. The book says we're driven 
by a hundred forms. It sounds like we're a car. Yeah. We're driven by a hundred forms of fear. Yeah. Or whatever. We're, uh, <laughs> you know, we're manufacturing misery. It sounds like we're a facility or a functioning that its effects are going to be term determined by what's running it. Yeah. And when, <laughs> when it's us running it, it's really self running it. Yeah. Because we're identified, there's no distinct difference between self and us through the identification. But you can tell the difference when the higher power is running it, obviously. Yeah. How long is it going to take for you to sense the difference? I don't know. Probably not long because sometimes it's such a contrast. It's so different. It's hard not to say, recognize it. Yeah. So. When the old system hiccups and you're there and you have, to, then we have the ways and the means to deal with it. Yeah. We clean up the mess quickly, promptly. We make the amends where necessary. And we, uh, we have, we bring this shit to six and seven. This it's unbelievable. So yeah, it's not like that is never going to appear again, but when it appears it, it, there's a potentiality of it disappearing. When you're identified as it, that possibility is not there. It's just set, when it appears, it's going to be appearing for fucking ever. And it has been and it will be. Yeah, that's a that's that's going to lead us to a seemingly hopeless state as being a hopeless state. And then we're going to be apt to do anything, really. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not the severity of the outside situation. Someone spilling a glass of wine could be the critical point. Yeah, they'll just fuck it and they'll just lose it. Yeah. So isn't it the, the purpose of it is a spiritual awakening? Yes. After having a spiritual awakening. So that purpose is to not to drink. But the purpose that the not drinking is essential, but the real direction is a spiritual awakening. Yeah. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, it's not saying having having uh, not drank as a result of these steps. It's having a spiritual awakening. It's a much different target, really. Yeah. Because the, the drinking has nothing to do with the act of drinking. We're driven to the drink by some other conditions. Yeah. We're not suffering from the, the condition of drinking. We're suffering from a mental condition that leads us to drink and see drink as a solution. Really? You know, I'll bet temp temporary, but when you seem to be in the thick of it, you're, you're willing to take any consequence tomorrow, not to feel uncomfortable now. Yeah. I have not been in that condition in, 30 something years. I have not been in the condition that I was <laughs> hell be damned. What's going to happen to me tomorrow? I'm going to feel that out or not even better, different. I haven't had that in a long, long time. <laughs> what brought that? What brought about that condition? The spiritual awakening. Yeah. What's the spiritual awakening? I don't know what a psychic change or personality shift. To me, it's a redistribution of interest. Yeah. So now I have interest in 
some vague nebulous thing called spirit more interested in that than mental conditions. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not more interested. I'm just observing. There's a lot more interest in the spirit than there is in the mental conditions. Yeah. I believe in the silence of spirit whispering in my ear all day. Then I do believe the thoughts that are running by the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how did that get brought about through this program did i have a lot to do with it basically no yeah will i have a lot to do it do with it as it continues basically no thank god <laughs> being sober yeah hallelujah <laughs> so yeah i don't i lost the reading and stuff but yes this person worked with a lot of fuckers like us and i'm sure he was led to have to drink even though he was an alcoholic to get some relief from us because it must have been a very very frustrating career to see constantly being overmatched by something you can't really even put your finger on yeah and where the patient becomes the biggest problem of the disease really yeah the lack of interest the unwillingness the defiance the rebelliousness yeah how we the the act of being identified as the source of the problem leads us to live and die from the problem. It's insane, really. Yeah. I mean, people wanna, they deserve the right to fucking drink themselves to death. All right, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, another day sober. I thought this was, I thought the Zooms were gonna last like a month. We're gonna go over the 12 steps. <laughs> then I could have a long latte every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> it's taking a life of its own, like most things do. And here we are. Yeah. As long as you're happy to be on the horse, I'm happy to be on the horse. Yeah. And uh, let's not just trudge the road of happy destiny. Let's gallop on the road of happy destiny. Yes. Yeah, we don't even have to make the walk. The horse will deliver us. Yeah, we don't even have to trudge. <laughs> yeah, just ride it. <laughs> just ride it. Yeah, so free range alcoholics. Hallelujah. So, yep, thank you, Mike and Michael and all these people, Mickey and Kaiser and Lebowski and Kurt. Uh, you've made a very big impact in, in my, in this life, the sober life. And I'm really happy to share all the sense of relief that we've shared at these Zooms. Yeah. I'm just, you know, uh, who would have thought, you know, really, really, who would have thought relying on that thought system, we would never get out. <laughs> 
there was no fucking way you know it's so myopic and so it's sort of like the dog chasing its own tail when you see it from afar it's funny when you're in it it's uh, fucking demoralizing yeah so we're not in it thank god so all right thanks mike okay thank you paul i really appreciate that and um we have 38 participants. I want to share, Mike. I know we just have a little blurb to begin with, but it's not my view, really. This isn't Paul Hedeman's view of the, the exact nature of the wrong. Paul Hedeman's view of the exact nature of the wrong would be you, maybe. <laughs> no, it's something that came through. And uh, a lot of things have come through but very few made a huge lasting impression. And this was one of them, recognizing that self is other, yeah, or foreign. That's never changed since it became clear. So that's been a long time now. And I would be, I would be open for a different answer, but it, I haven't seen another one, yeah? And I haven't heard another one from other people really. So. I'm going to go with what comes through. So, yeah. And uh, and you wouldn't want my take on the steps or whatever. You really, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't. I was... Uh, the parasite had me really blind. Yeah. I was, see a, I was seeing a lot of differences everywhere. No similarities, but a lot of blindness, man. Yeah, and uh, now certain things just come through and they're clear they're not of me, so to speak, and uh, they've changed this life in sobriety. So I have a lot of faith in it because the problem doesn't exist for me today. And there's been many days like that. That's a pretty damn good solution. Yeah. Yeah, something that was seemingly so influential, I would do almost anything to get out of it. Uh, does this doesn't seem to have much say in my daily life? Yeah, I mean that's inc I've never met a solution like that in this life, ever, never. Most solutions demanded a lot of maintenance and shit. This demanded what it did in the beginning, but more and more, uh, as it progressed, there was less and less doing and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Michael, thanks. You bet, Paul. Well, we're gonna kick off with a question from, um, I don't know if I'm gonna be pronouncing this right, but it's, is, is it the other Rachel? <laughs> I'll ask you to unmute. You can uh, correct me. Yes, it is. Um, I'm Rachel. I'm an alcoholic okay. um, from Yorkshire, hence the t'other Rachel. Um, the, in my home group, there's more than one Rachel. That's why. Um, thanks very much, Paul, for this. Um, it's the first time I've joined this meeting. And the reason why I'm here, you're actually talking about it which I thought, if that ain't a higher power at work, I don't know what it is. Um, 
I've been sober almost two and a half years. Um, I went through my steps with my sponsor um, and I got to a really, really good place. Um, the things that you spoke about, the, um, the being helpful to others, um, a lot of things are more instinctive. You know, it doesn't feel to being done by me. So it's something working through me that's been there. And I had that. And I don't know whether it's been lockdown or whatever. There's not been meetings. I start following advice. And I've been very, very lucky. I've not picked up a drink. But I've come to recognise that my thinking has slipped. Self has caught back in charge. So over the last couple of days, I've reached out, reached out to friends in the fellowship, reached out and handed it all over, really. I'm very much in a position now. I mean, the fact that I'm here tonight, it was very much just says go to meetings, join Zoom meetings, look at step stuff, back to basics. Because even though I had it before, I can't really say how I got it. So right now, it's just, I'm just a blank page again. I'm just here as a sponge to sort of soak everything up, listen to different opinions. And it's not about forming one of my own. It's just topping up the information, relearning that humility in the hope that I can get back what I once had. So... I'd like to think I've got a little bit more awareness this time around. So I'm just wondering, how, I just want to know really, is it possible? Is, can you get it back? <laughs> yes, because it never left. Yeah. The head moved away, but you didn't. So don't, yes, it can be easily gotten back. Yeah. But it never leaves. We seem to, but it doesn't. Yeah. Mm. Look, at, look at how so many times, let's say you get on the train of self and you're, it's picking up speed and shit. And then suddenly the emergency brake comes on and you're right back at the station as if you never left. Yeah. Because you haven't. So that which I feel I uh, describe as the higher power is always available at all times right where we are with no requirement necessary other than the ones we make up really so if you're willing to give up your old opinions and your old ideas that which you think you've lost and you want to get back you never lost it and there's no getting back you never left so just get clear about that insane shit going on that's telling you it's put a lot of space and time between you and that. It's not true. That's false evidence. Yes? Yes. You, what, what was once here and now is still available here and now. If it's the here and now. Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what's going on on the surface. The here and now is always that which is going on. Yeah. So basically, there's no need to get back to it. Yeah, yeah. Just do what you're doing, and there'll be there'll be a, you know, one of your requirements, mental requirements, will be fulfilled, and then it'll let you enjoy that. But that thing, after a while, you won't need to have any allowance or permission from it. You'll just enjoy it. Yes, mm. right. 
the head still plays a little God and it's telling you you've lost it and you're gone. And so, so all right, act that out and get back to it. But when you get back to it, it's like you never left anyway. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So the diagnosis from here is we've never left. <laughs> That's the great news. <laughs> we just believe we have. The head just convinces us of a lot of shit that's not true. Mm. So it's not, it, the better way isn't getting back to where you once were. The better way is trusting the infinite rather than finite self. Well, how do we trust finite self? What does that look like? Believing false evidence and allowing it to appear real. That's what we're doing all day, listening to the thoughts. A lot of the thoughts are presenting false evidence. Mm. That false in your case is you lost something you didn't lose spirit it, it's, it's impossible so false evidence is appearing real all right well is the false evidence going to keep appearing yeah what's the difference it's not appearing real <laughs> yeah so false evidence not appearing real doesn't go anywhere false evidence appearing real goes somewhere we are that pivot point. What you are, Rachel num number one, or the other Rachel and Paul, yeah? We're the pivot point. Which way are we leaning? Are we leaning to the appearing real of the false evidence, or are we seeing it as false evidence? Yeah? Let's say we're all seeing it as false evidence. There's a little pause there. And then most of us slip into it appearing real. Yeah. But that pause is the salvation. You recognize the insane bullshit of the head and you're not moved by it. Yeah. That's the freedom from the bondage of self in activity. The false evidence is seen as false evidence. It doesn't move you to behave in a certain way that jackpots you. Yeah. So the, 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 the upcoming storm just passes through without you having to put on 40 raincoats and shit like that because it wasn't a storm. It was false evidence, yeah? Your crazy weatherman was forecasting bullshit once again. <clears throat> you start seeing it, and then when it tells you you've lost or you moved away or you blew it, you just don't believe it. It's false evidence, yeah? I have never left what I am. What I'm not believes it left long ago. I, what I am, has never left what I am, ever, nor will it, ever. Yes? The spiritual condition is an eternal one. It's not a manufactured condition. The spiritual condition is our inherent nature. We are not of things. We are not of thoughts. We're not of, yeah. That's not what makes us up. Yeah. Awareness, brilliance, emptiness, shiny, bright knowledge, whatever, however you want to sort of describe it, doesn't come or go. It's the fact. Yeah. Our attention and interest seems to come and go from the slavery to self. Yeah. So, yeah. We're not going to be free. We are free. There's the good news. Yeah.
a lot of times we just don't recognize the present tense condition. We're still hoping we're, we're going to arrive there as a future event. <clears throat> we are in the freedom from self right now. Yeah. We are in it. This whole Zoom is drenched in it, tell you the truth. The whole Zoom is drenched. It's like a vanilla ice cream that's dipped in chocolate. It's already, you don't have to pray. I, well, I like to have chocolate with the vanilla ice cream. You're getting it. Yeah. This whole Zoom is drenched in freedom from the bondage of self. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. Now, present tense, not like I'm going to be. Yeah. That which wants a future condition is a reinforcement of a false condition now. That which is talking about being great later is why you feel like you're not great now. It's not you. That is not you. It's brought to you by a, a mental activity that's huffing and puffing and blowing a lot of houses down and making them and blowing them down. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever left the here and now? Tell me the truth. Your thoughts of the future. Have you been in 2024, Tuesday of 2024? No, you've never been in there. Do you go a time traveler back to 1993? No. All that is mental shenanigans. You don't go anywhere. <laughs> You're here and now. If you get even the body, look at the surveillance tapes. When you were at some place, but your head was telling me, I'm not here. I'm not really here. You were there. There's pictures of you at the fucking store. Yeah. This is just, <laughs> I mean, I don't, the basic facts escape us. And we go into this mental imagery and then insane ideas are presented as being true. Yeah. The threat of I'm not going to be sober clouds the, the activity of being sober right now. I'm so afraid I'm not going to be sober. I can't enjoy that I'm sober now. That's insanity. Yeah. So good to see you, Rachel. The other Rachel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If this isn't always available at all times, if it isn't always available at all times, then self will be always available at all times. It's just one or the other, really. It's either trusting the infinite or trusting finite self, either the other Rachel is always available at all times or the spirit is always available at all times. One will expose the other. You will see what you're not from what you are. And what you are is always available at all times. And what you're not is a mental activity. It is. Yeah. It says it's been here. It says it will be here. But there's really no evidence that it's here now. Never. It's just ideas, thoughts, imageries, memories. Yeah. I like to call it the action figure. We picture it as a body, but really what it's made up of is owning shit that we have nothing to do with. Like I'm seeing, 
I'm hearing, I'm feeling. I love you to describe how you're seeing. I'd love you to tell me how you're doing it. I would. Tell me how you're seeing right now. You have no clue. You're the result of seeing. But now you believe I'm the one who's doing it. Tell me then how you do it. How do you see? How do you touch? How do you feel? Taste? Smell? Is there a process? Do you have to get ready? Can you improve it? Can you take classes? Like I've been going to seeing classes every morning for years. I don't think it's changed much. I'm seeing like I'm always seeing. Yeah. So there's some a whole lot going on that it seems like I have nothing to do with, really. Definitely not as a cause. Yet, the what we're listening to constantly keeps telling us it's the cause. Yeah? You're listening to false evidence. And consequences. Yeah? You don't drink. You're led to a fucking drink. Drinking is the end point. You're led to the drink. Something leads us to the drink. Something leads. Is it? it is. I do not believe what leads me to the drink is me. I don't. It's not my. It's not my experience now. Yeah, I see it as something foreign, and that something foreign talks as if it's me to what I am and leads me to its own destinations. And I get fucked and I get holding the bag. Yeah. I haven't seen self in jail ever. I've seen you in jail, but I've never seen self in jail. Never. It's an activity. It has us because there's an identification as it. We take so much shit that we know better not to because we take it to be us. We fit ourselves around it all fucking day instead of having it fit around us and see that it's, its power and strength comes from us. It doesn't have its own juice. It sucks ours, yeah? It's parasitical in nature. This is not a win-win situation. You're going to be consumed or you're not, yeah? Perhaps there's a better way, trusting the infinite. Yes. How does that look like? Not trusting finite self. <laughs> That's how it looks like. So, yeah. Nice to see you, Rachel. Yep. All that we thought has to be, that was, all that we thought was done. It's amazing how quickly it can disappear in a flash. Yeah. Yeah. Once we come to our senses, yeah. Hmm. So Rachel, you haven't been here before. The whole point of these talks are rooted in at page 64, the recognition by doing an inventory that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So hopefully, 
if you were with us and you went into the inventory with your resentments, your fears, and your harming others in the pursuit of what you want by looking at your behavior, you would walk out with a suspicion about the your, and maybe you would just see resentments and fears and harms done to others, and you'd realize it's a lot easier to get out of that knot than my knot, yeah? So the my would weaken, and you would see the my is one of the strongest links of the bondage of self, the my. You're claiming the manifestations of self to be your own, yeah? I don't care how much knowledge you have, if it's based on that, that you keep calling the resentments yours, the knowledge about resentments is availing you nothing because you're still owning the manifestations of a foreign entity or a foreign thing as yours. You're in the bondage of self, knowledge or no, yeah? You may now know you're fucked, but you're still getting fucked. So what's the point, yeah? Unless you like it, yeah? A lot of people like it because their whole life is based on the stories of how they've been defeated by this or that or blaming it on that person or this situation. Yeah, there's a huge vested interest in these stories. They become like the golden calf. We're milking them for fucking, for something, some insane idea. Yeah. So yeah, that's the premise of these talks is to see and it says in that sentence, being convinced, being convinced of what? Self, that self manifested in our various ways is what has defeated us. Are you convinced of that? Or do you still, still think you did it? Yeah. You're the one who has the resentments. Doesn't it feel more like a resentment has you? I mean, it sure sounds like I'm getting done to by a resentment. I'm not doing the resentment. I feel so basically why not, you know, get clear about how it's being presented all day by the, the yapping up there. It sounds like, Oh, I have alcoholism. Like I decided to rent it for a few weeks just to try it out. No, the way I feel with untreated alcoholism is something has me I'm possessed and I'm being used for transportation. It doesn't sound like, Oh, I have uh, alcoholism. <laughs> Who would have a flu for 10 days? The flu has you for 10 days. Who's going to choose to have a flu for 10 days? Oh, I have, I have the flu. <laughs> no, the flu has you. The virus has you. Yes? <laughs> this language infers we have a lot of power we don't freaking seem to have. That we're in a... a, a a position of cause quite a lot when we're in effect mostly. Yeah. If we're driven by a hundred fears of something, that doesn't sound like I'm the driver. It sounds like I'm the car. When I hear the statement in the big book of AA driven, it sounds like, well, that doesn't sound like the driver. The driver wouldn't be driven. It would be the car that's driven. Yes. So wait a minute. I thought I, Paul, I'm the fucking driver. No, I'm Paul, the car. I drive just like every other alcoholic car, 
Roman and Jill and this and that. And I can't see the similarities because I think it's Paul. Yeah. All I see is the difference. Yeah. But in fact, we're being driven by the same driver. But we see, we keep talking, we keep trying to recognize it as the car. It's the fucking driver. It's not what's being driven. Being the what's being driven is not the driver. What's being driven is this, and the driver is somewhere here. Yes? Check out. So there's a choice in a weird way, or let's say a possibility. The driver can be the infinite, or it can be the finite self. But you're going to be driven. Yeah? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's just a given. Why are we so confused between the driver and the driven? I mean, Jesus, let's get that clear. Yeah. See, there's a manufacturing of misery. We think we're the factory, so we think we manufacture our own misery. No, we're the, a facility that can be used to manufacture a lot of stuff. Love, compassion, service, misery, resentment, anxiety. Yeah. So, but to think that we're the one doing it is confusing the driver with the driven. Yes? This is the bondage of self. This is the whole premise of these talks, is to get clear about, are you the car? Yeah? Or are you the driver? In most cases, we're the car. <laughs> Hallelujah. You mean... It wasn't Paul that turned like that. No, it was a Ford that turns like that. It's, it, it's, I mean, it isn't Paul that smells like that. No, a Ford smells like that. You know, I don't have any speed in my life. No, the Ford doesn't have any speed in your life. It's a Ford. Fucking give it a break. Maybe acceptance will finally show up with the, for the Ford. Yeah. But you're thinking it's the you're the driver, yeah. I should be perfect. No, no, that's not the case. You're a Ford, a Toyota, hopefully better. <laughs> you're more reliable. <laughs> what else gets driven? Tell me. If you're a big book thumpist, whatever, driven means something got drove. Yeah, I would say. If driven is the beginning of that set, sentence, driven by a hundred forms of fear, then we're in the drove uh, category, not the driving. <laughs> what's got you over? What's taking you over? Love or hate, higher power, self, whatever. What's taking you over? You'll know the driver by the by how you drive. Yes? Like Jesus says, you know the tree by its fruit. So you know the driver by its driving. So how's it been going since you've been in the program? Hey, fucking great. My tires last a lot longer. <laughs> I tend not to go off the cliff anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not overheating. Before I even start the engine, I seem to be able to go where I need to go, get to where I need to get to. Far out, it's working. Because the driver's shifted, yes? 
You didn't get a new upgrade in the car. You got a new driver. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm doing it. Oh, you are? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me how you're seeing. Did you get up at 7 in the morning blind as a bat? Like every day? And then you did your procedure to start seeing again? Or does your eyes open and there you go? Yeah, it's the biggest, it's a bigger surprise to me than anything else. How the fuck is this going on? <laughs> Why am I animated? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Where's the driver? <laughs> but when the car thinks that it's the driver, then a lot of things can drive the car. There's the dilemma. Yes. When the car thinks it's the driver, then a lot of fucking things can drive the car. <laughs> and the car will never entertain the possibility it can have another driver. It's just going to fucking put up with the bullshit of how it's being driven. Because it doesn't know any better. Because it doesn't know it's a fucking car. It thinks it's the driver. Yeah. It's the one that's doing everything. You're not. Yeah. I'd like you to go take a shit. See what happens. When the body doesn't want to take a shit. I, let's see how fast you do. I'd like to see your performance time. You'll be on the pot for a couple of hours until the body decides to take a shit. Yeah. No, I take my shits. Oh, do you? Really? Yeah. You digest the burrito you had yesterday, are you? Do you have a lineup of what you need to digest? Because I'm sure there'd be a huge backlog because you have more important things to do than digest food. So you've got a pizza from 2019 that hasn't even been digested yet. You'd be fucking, you know, are you pumping the blood? Are you beating the heart? Give me a break. But no, I'm the thinker of the thoughts. I'm the doer of every action other than digestion, shitting, breathing, pumping the heart, blood, <laughs> urinating, but everything else. I'm the, do <laughs> I'm the doer of everything else. Let's name. Uh, da, 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 yeah. I don't know. It seems free from it. It seems totally insane. It does. It's freaking unbelievable because the drive, the car won't admit it's a fucking car. Yeah. So it's for it to be the driver, it has to take responsibility for tons of shit. It had nothing to do. The Toyota that was that brought the robbers to the bank did not rob the bank. Yeah, it was just used by the robbers to get to the bank. The Toyota did not rob the bank. Yet the Toyota, it would make sense that it ends up in jail because it's the it's the the Toyota thinks it drove to the bank. Yes. And every time we're talking about the Toyota, it's 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 in the state that I'll, I'm the driver. So I'm oh, this is pretty interesting. No, I'm talking about the drive the Toyota. Yeah, yeah. Is it that terrible to admit we're all Toyotas or whatever? Fucking and then let's get clear. 
hey, I can be driving, I can be driven by, you know, fucking, by, by this all-inclusive, loving, compassionate energy that permeates with a presence of, of ease and comfort, or I can have a fucking, fucking crazy motherfucker who I end up in the same three parking spaces, you know, institutions, jails, and death. Yeah. Which is fine as the car, but if I'm the driver, it fucking sucks. Yeah. And then the car gets punished. And then you have memories of what the car did 30 years ago. There's no relief yet because you believe the car did it. The car didn't do it. Something took you over and used you for transportation because that is how a car is used for transportation. Yeah. If you keep living as if you did all that shit and live in that guilt and shame for what you did all the while, never being the one who did it, that's an incredible fucking macabre effect of the act of the act of being identified as the driver as the car. Yeah. I mean, he can't draw. I think it's a pretty good picture. It's insane. Yeah. You keep listening to a head that takes you as the driver when basically you're the car. Yeah. There's been a huge relief when I realized this is a car. I stopped trying to buy Rolls Royce bumpers and putting them on a Toyota fucking pickup. Yeah. But I'm religiously putting, changing the oil and making sure the, the, uh, the liquids are up. Yes. Religiously. Yeah. A simple way of maintaining the car allows me to enjoy being driven by the higher power. Really. Hallelujah. And I'm not driven by a hundred forms of self because the, the driver is not self. I'm not. And my factory isn't manufacturing misery. The factory that I am being driven by being run by the higher powers, manufacturing contentment, wonder, or gratitude, shit like that. Yeah. Don't blame for the factory for the product, yeah? See who's running the factory, who's driving the car, yes? Yeah. I sort of like that riff. I'm gonna use it, I'm gonna beat it over everyone's head for months. Car, driver, driven yes like it, someone always says it there's a, a self-imposed this or driven by a hundred forms or manufacturing our own misery uh see i don't i believe there was still a mix-up with the driver and the driven so to speak yep in some of those statements so i think later on with there's been more clarity so we can see that the car didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I did not manufacture the misery. 
something did through the my facilities, but I'm not the owner of it. Yeah, I'm responsible, but I'm truly accountable in this world. But I'm not responsible. But I need to be, be responsible at first to realize that I wasn't the doer of it. Yeah. First, I have to see I was the doer of it, and then I recognize I wasn't the doer of it. Yeah. Something did what I could not do to me through me. Yeah. So that's the fundamental platform yeah, that brings light to the steps and the suggestions and uh, everything else, the principles. I feel uh, all the surface of the steps, the principles are, is large and sound. Yet I think with uh, the understanding of the exact nature of the wrong, it lends uh, for more light to be put on the topics. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyone else, a mic? Yeah, yeah, we had a few hands up. We have one up now. We're our friend in Seattle, Jacob. Jacob has a question for us today. Jacob, come on in on the national meeting. Good to see you, Jacob. Thanks, Michael. Hello, everyone. Help. Hello, Paul. Hey, Jacob. Uh, last night I had a, or I was had by, should I say, a, a, a drug dream, a, a using dream. And these come up uh, every now and again for me. And in the past, before this message, I would have taken that as uh, pointing towards my, my mental state or my, my spiritual development or some, something of the sort. I, I there would have been some guilt there. But today it, it occurred that it, it just points towards the, the dreaming of, of, of all of this and, and the, the unreality and the failed system of, of addiction and, and of the, of the self. Um, so I, I was just wanting to get your, your thoughts on, on drug dreams perhaps, or see what your, what your take is on it. Um, I, I, yeah. I like the drug dreams. I don't get arrested usually. Yeah. In this dreaming, I got arrested a lot. So I'm thinking it's, it's progress. Yeah, yeah, it's curious. It's not me. I didn't do it. Again. Right. You know what I mean? It was yeah. dreaming. What the hell? I'm in the audience. Yes. I'm going to ever on the screen. Don't play me. I didn't yes. produce the movie. Yeah. This right. is the ownership. This is the ownership that knows no bounds. It's just ridiculous. This idea that I, I had a, I dreamt a narcotic induced infused fucking adventure at last night no yeah you are like as a movie theater yeah you have nothing on the marquee there's no you have no you don't know what's going to be playing in the theater you know coming soon and then there's all this false evidence that we take to appear real. The mental state just goes, blah, 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 blah. but really <laughs> there's no, nothing's on the marquee. You're in the theater. You'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I had a dream. <laughs> I had a drug dream. Now I'm going to beat myself up with that. Give right. Fucking break. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't have, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Paul. I just wanted to say thanks. And, and there's, yeah, there's levity to that. And whereas before there was, 
heaviness. Yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, because yes. when you see false evidence and it doesn't appear the real, it's it's like a gold mine of comedic uh, fucking expression. Mm-hmm. When the false evidence is taken to be real, you're like the giant broad highway. You're just on a one lane road called CNN, so to speak, you know? news flashes you're fucked or whatever it just goes on and on yes yeah the thing doesn't have a clue of what's going to happen let's put it that way yeah Mm -hmm. always coming soon (laughs) (laughs) you're in the theater you don't know how you got in there yeah they're seeing hearing feeling tasting touching you realize you're above your pay scale you know, yeah. Hey, get me a driver in here that knows what it's doing. <laughs> this car could be dangerous, driven by the wrong fucking thing. Well, I have that. I have a deep experience of that. I do. The car has learned. It's down to its metal core mm-hmm. of being driven by self-centeredness. I have <laughs> that fucking whoa. I'm really enjoying. Uh, how I'm being handled by the new driver for the last 33 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still a Toyota eh? and I'm not, but for the example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. So when we when we think we have a lot of shit, we get had by it. Yeah. Yeah. We get had by it. When you think you're the thinker of the thoughts, the thoughts own you, so to speak. Yes. Your day is owned by the thoughts when they're yours, usually. Yeah. If you're lucky, you're lighter through them. If you're not, one thought can ruin your fucking day. Yeah, and set yep. you off a spiral of obsession, not because of the thought, but the mind. Yeah, yeah. There's a huge activity we play here that we're very unaware of in most cases. Almost like gravity having a huge influence on us all day, yet never being noticed because we think it was the hill or the staircase or whatever. But it was gravity, yeah? It's a force. And when you go against it as a body, it produces a friction, you know? A thing. And most of us don't have a... No one's sitting at a cafe talking about the effects of gravity today. Probably not. They're talking about that that steep hill on their climb or whatever, yes? But really, it's gravity. So in a lot of ways... We talk in the realm of being the driver, but we're being driven. Yeah. Yeah. And being the driver keeps us very confused about the driven, really. We just don't, you know, and so uh, it's sort of like constantly being driven from one point to another, thinking, let's say you're driven from San Diego to LA, but the narration while being driven is o- Omaha to LA. So you're living a fucking a drive that's not even happening. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking story. And the story has you as the cause of all stuff. You hit the bump. No, the car hit the bump, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't turn well. No, the car doesn't turn fucking well. You're incapable of having a viable relationship. No, right now, because of the driver, the car is. Yeah, I need a change of driver. <laughs> mm-hmm. The car is capable. It can't do it with the driver that it's saddled with. Yeah. But if you keep calling the foreign driver you, you're going to be constantly driven by it. That's just that simple. Yes? Yes. Yeah. And when you're driven by it, you'll take all the cause and all the guilt and blame and pride, a little of this, and, you know, uh, you'll think you had a lot to do with a lot of shit you had nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. It's just overwhelming. Who wouldn't want to get loaded? Jesus Christ. If I thought I was these thinkers of all these thoughts, I'd have to do tons of mea culpas for the quality of the thoughts that are going through the head. I'd have to beg forgiveness for having that thought. I don't beg Mm -hmm. forgiveness. I didn't have the thought. Yes. I saw the thought. I didn't have it. I didn't cook it up. Yeah. So I think this relationship that we have with life is way off right from the get-go. Yeah. And if, you know, if you take yourself to be something that can be driven, then you'll see the incredible value of the third step because you will recognize you've been driven by something else and now you'd like to have another driver. Yeah, that's clear, isn't it? That's clear. That's clear recovery. No problem. Yeah, sign me up. The third step sounds great. I make a decision to have a new driver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the car, I can't get the new driver. You know, I can't, I'm not going to be the new driver, but I'm making a decision to have a new driver. Yeah. All right. What do I need to do? The working steps. Then what happens? I find that I'm being driven by a new driver. Yeah. Like it says, you'll come to realize, yeah, you'll lose interest in self. All of these, uh, these experiences are a reflection of having a new driver. Yeah. So yeah. The problem is when you meet people that you used to run over, they see you as the same old Toyota. They think mm-hmm. you as a Toyota rode you over. So maybe it's hard to go see your family because the family keeps thinking you're the fucking driver and how I recognize it as a Toyota. Yeah. So, all right. What am I going to do? Maybe I got to stay away from that parking lot for a little while because it overwhelms me. I take myself to be the driver. Yeah, I feel guilt and shame. No, you're not, Paul. You were driven. You were driven by alcoholism. You're not now. Yeah? Yeah, it's true. Yeah? Like it says, don't be embarrassed about the, about the new driver, right? He says, don't be embarrassed about the higher power. Yeah, don't. Yeah? So what? My family sees me as the Toyota. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah. As long as I know that there's a driver (laughs) that sees me as something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is a Toyota going to do? It's going to see every Toyota as as another Toyota. Yeah. Far out. It's okay. But man, 
I did not go on all fours on that rug looking for imaginary cocaine. I did not. Something drove me to that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think something has been driving me for a long fucking time. Same thing that drove me to do it. Exactly. And now have a different driver and therefore the the toyota travels lighter yeah not because of the toyota but because of the new driver yes yes yeah i get to experience the road i get to experience tons of shit yeah so when resentments happen i see them as resentments i don't see them as mine I don't. I don't see anxiety as mine. I see is is a mental condition. It's derived from mental um, obsession, and there and then it hatches anxiety. What do I have to do with that? Nothing really. I can be the bearer of it. It can affect me, but if I keep thinking I'm the one who's anxious, you'd better get used to fucking managing anxiety because you're going to have a lot of it. Yeah, you are. I don't see it that way. I do not see resentments as mine. I don't. I don't see fear as mine. I don't see harming other people as mine. I lived it as if it was mine. I made all the amends, but I don't see it as mine. I do not believe I did to Wendy what I did to Wendy. I don't. I believe there was a doing to Wendy and I'm accountable for that, but I wasn't the one who did it. No way. No way. So there you go. If you want to be the owner of life and be the doer of it all, go ahead. But I'm speaking from a recognition that's supported by the statement on page 64 that self is what has defeated us, manifested in various ways. I think us is completely a different word than self. So how are we combining the two? How am I calling an aspect of us self? I must be identified as it. Yes? He made it very clear, self and us, completely different. What's making it seem so similar? The act of being identified, the engine of the disease, of the bondage of self. Yes? It's clear as hell. You can't see it. You know, it's right there. Let's get the sentence. Us is not the word self. It's not a synonym for self. It isn't. It isn't. You can't say, you can say self and ego maybe is a synonym. But us is completely different than self. Completely. What camp are you in? Are you of the us or are you of self? Are you mental in nature? Yeah, physical in nature or spirit in nature? Are thoughts noticed or do you have them? Or yeah, I would say thoughts to notice, yes. I don't think you have them. I like to see how you have thoughts. I would. Show me. Break it down. If you're doing it, you should be able to describe it. Yeah? Break it down. All right? There was a space, no thought. Then there was a decision, I'm going to have one. 
And then I made a thought. All right, so let's give me an illustration. There seems to be a you that has to have to, to be there to have a thought. What happens if you're not having a thought? Then that you seems unessential. That's how I see it. Yeah. I think the you is manufactured by the claiming of thoughts. What do you say? The you does the you have thoughts or does the you is the you inferred by the claiming of thoughts? I would say it's the second. Yeah. I think they're quite different places to start from, don't you? I do. And what happens if there's a lot of time that little seeming insignificant mistake will become quite significant? Yeah. You'll be constantly believing you have a lot to do with shit you have nothing to do with. You'll wait, you'll be weighed down by excessive ownership. You will. And it'll be matched with a powerlessness over what you think you own. That's a bad, bad hand. Yes. Can you imagine that? Taking ownership of tons of shit you have no power over. That's fucking insane. Yeah? My thoughts are really treating me badly. Wow. That sounds like you have, you're totally impotent. You have no power. You can't even get your thoughts to obey you. Yeah? <laughs> to me, that's, that's undermining any sense of whatever in us. Yes? You know, it's like when you, uh, someone has a dog and the dog is ugly or, and unruly. The person who has the dog is embarrassed by their dog, yes? It's not their dog, first of all, to begin with, yeah? But because they're, they're getting a sense of something out of the ownership, they also get all this other shit in the package deal. They feel embarrassed, they're da-da-da-da, yeah? <clears throat> Because their thoughts or their this, yeah, it's all insanity. Sorry to go on, but it's just, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And then you, 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 you come to at square 98, the fucking whole block's ablaze. Yeah. Everything is, everywhere you look goes lit up because you don't realize you're the fucking fire starter at that situation and you're bitching about everything else yet the elephant in the room looms over yeah a real addict, addict alcoholic is not going to be able to have a couple of drinks yeah he may think he's successful for a few weeks but one of those drinks is going to trigger something a craving that he hasn't seen in a while. And then an obsession is going to come up. And then there you go. You're now being driven by the old driver. Yes. Yeah. And then it, the car is expected to pay all the fucking tickets when it was the driver that parked illegally. Yeah. All these tickets of guilt and shame are plastered all over our fucking windshield. And it was the driver that drove there. Yeah. 
We were just the vehicle. Yeah. I don't know how we can keep giving life to something that happened 37 years ago. Well, there you go. Any more questions? Uh, well, we, we had one. Gabe, would you still like to ask your question? Yeah, see you have your hand down. You still have some time if you'd like to. I can, let me see, I'll find you. Well, then let's end then, eh? If we have time. Oh. Where you go? Okay. All right, Paul. Uh, hold on one second, all right? Uh, okay. Yeah, I had to talk to Amelia. She's taking off. And uh, yeah, whatever. All right. So let me say goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Um, the beautiful news. I won't think about any of this in about a second. So. <laughs> uh, well. Hey, Mike, thank you so much. Great job again, as usual. The spirit of Michael S. comes through. It's not, it's not your spirit. It's Walter. <laughs> Mickey, another lovely person from Madeira. I mean, you're probably the best uh, tourist attractions, really. <laughs> Knowing so many nice people live in Madeira, I may actually drive to Madeira. I don't know. All right. We got Kurt, Kurt Z down in Redondo. Nice to see you. Tommy, I think he's in Ireland. Lebowski, I really don't want to know where he is. Just, let's keep Lebowski in his own neighborhood. We got Steve from the UK. Nice to see you, Steve. Uh, we, got, we got Kim N. Nice to see you, Kim. Yep. We got Paul. There you go, Paul. Uh, yes, I see that shirt. I'm not really uh, representing much today, but I, I don't. I don't need a shirt. So, we got Joseph from France. Nice to see you, Joseph. You're not from France anyway. It's just Joseph. Yeah. We got Gabe. Gabe's at work, probably. Yeah. Nice to see you, Gabe. We got Jill. Nice to see you, Jill. Is that a calendar behind you or what? No. no. Oh, a map to the world. All right. We got Connor. Connor, I I have a feel. Oh, nice to see you, Connor. Yes. Yes, bro. That which is talking or saying it's talking to us is not us. Yes. Yeah. Stefan. 
I'm not saying what it is. I'm saying what it ain't. It's not us. Yeah. We got uh, Stefan on having never left. Always a great pleasure having him here. We got Ruby Rose from Wichita. Yeah. Nice to see you, Ruby. Jacob from Seattle. Pleasure. We got Alex, our greeter. Nice to see her there. She's somewhere in the Hudson Valley, I think. Alex, yes? Can she hear me? No. We got Terry from Maine. Nice to see you, Terry. Uh, Kaiser from Minnesota. Nice to see you, Kaiser. Nice dropping in. Tom from New Hampshire, Keene, New Hampshire. Kristen, I don't know where you are exactly, Kristen, but I know you're in good hands. That's all. We got Nina, not Nina, nor Tina, but Nina. Nice to see you, Nina. Yes. Today was very powerful. I don't know what's going on, but today was really powerful. Thank you, Paul. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> yes. I could feel the surge. The surge. Luckily, my wiring was changed years ago. So I can take it. <laughs> we got my friend PK from Long Island City. Nice to see you, PK. Yes. Yeah. You got a tough road ahead, PK. Long Island's uh, like a thick uh, membranous type of <laughs> goo. But we can outshine any circumstance and situation. Woo! Leah, nice to see you. She's on the move. It's not so cold. She doesn't have the hat and the scarf. Yeah, very good. We've got Tanya. There she is. Tanya C. Maggie. Rich A, phone numbers. Uh, oh, we got Jesse from uh, Jess from Dublin. Very nice. Mark V. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yes. Thanks for putting up with the rants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 